This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Well, well, happy Monday on a rainy day here in the city of Winnipeg. We're just looking out, uh, looking out from our 30th floor here at 201 Portage. Seeing rain uh, across the west side of the city right now. So let us know how things are out there. 204-780-6868. Uh, but tons of hockey talk we're going to have uh, uh, throughout the rest of the show. Of course, it's the NHL draft day. We're going to talk that. Uh, Ed Tate, bomber camp looming. Ed Tate, senior writer and reporter with uh, the Winnipeg Football Club and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, as well as Valor FC. He's been joining us after 1230, uh, as well uh, as some other news as we'll get to as the show goes on. Uh, a former Jet hoping that he can retire a Jet. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But Jim Toth, how you doing? Happy Monday. How is everybody? Just a little rain. Never, you know, rain never uh, killed anybody. Hey, I, I'm not, I'm not made of sugar. I, I, speaking of that, I held my first minor soccer league practice oh, yesterday boy. as I begin my coaching career with my not assistant coach, co-coach Deirdre. Yeah, and it started to rain about half an hour in, and the parents got up and went to their vehicles, and um, I said, "We're not going to be a team made of sugar." Oh wow! No, and then I just said, "Okay, we'll wrap it up." <laughs> You know, you know, you got. If that's, gonna, that's good enough for Coach Tone. <laughs> you're gonna need pushback from these kids in a little while, Jim. Yeah, speaking you're of gonna pushback, you're gonna be off the half. It's embarrassing out there. So since pushback is the line of the the summer, it for, is gonna be the line of the summer for the Jets. I, uh, I, if you want pushback, you ask a bunch of 11 year old soccer moms if they mind having a soccer practice next Sunday on Mother's Day. And you'll get some pushback. You're going to get pushback. And I, 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 and I totally get it. I'm like, look, I'm just asking. We'll probably practice Sunday afternoons yeah. just for the two months of the season. And then I said, I know next Sunday's Mother's Day, so I just want to leave it open that if you want. No, no, no. And I was like, okay. I wasn't oh, even geez. finished. We're all Got good. My hands so, up here. Yeah. Uh, text the show 204-780-6868, uh, 204-780-6868. We're going to get to the uh, NHL draft, of course, the uh, the subsequent Connor Bedard sweepstakes that will take place uh, at the end of June. Uh, but, of course, the draft lottery is going to take place today. Uh, but the Rats are back in Florida. Uh, the Panthers up 3 nothing now. Uh, the Leafs down, uh, again, 3 nothing in the series. Only four teams out of 197 have been able to do it down 3 nothing. And, you know, of course, the head coach of the Florida Panthers there is Paul Maurice, former coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Now, If you could read my mind, love, <laughs> what a tale my thoughts would tell. Now, I, I have to pose this question. Like a ghost from a wishing well. Mm. Is Paul Maurice a ghost in Manitoba right now? No, I don't think so. No, okay. Is he is like a spirit that's like just just like sort of wandering? Can I around? read you something? I want to. I okay, yes. Go ahead. Okay, let me just actually you know what we should start off with 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 that with that email. Kick that off, loyal listener. What? And I'm Thank not you. trying to embarrass him or anything, but he he talks hockey with me a lot. He emails me Jim at cjob.com if you want to weigh in. Anybody else too? But I uh, got this today. Please don't waste. This is the email. Not even a hello. Please don't waste your time, you guys, on pumping Paul Maurice today. Please. It's pure luck that Florida team is pretty good and was before he got there. Not to mention the Leafs just stink. Simple as that. Boston just pure ran out of luck. 
After that many wins, you were bound to lose. You watch. Maurice stay here was overdue by four years. He cannot coach a winning team in the last five minutes and win. He proved that here. And sooner or later, it will happen there. He is in a lot of fans' heads still. Yeah. And I'll just simply say, I just told you it wasn't him the whole yeah. time. Well, I kept saying. Now, no. now it was him because his voice had run out and as yeah, he, he admitted, blah, blah, blah. He resigned. Like, that's, he's not a bad coach, people. So here, and this is what this is the question I want to pose to you guys, 204-780-6868. And I'm not trying to suggest um, that if he was still the coach of this team, that the Jets' year would have ended better. I actually He I, wouldn't be the coach of this team. He told us on the show himself this would have been his last year, and he debated not even coming back for that yeah, one because of the voice being lost. Exactly. But the point is, even if he had said, I'm still coaching this team, and he came back this year, listen, I don't think they would have even – I think they wouldn't have made the playoffs, and it would have been an even wider margin than he had he had stuck around the previous season. Uh, and, you know, he didn't want to do it. I mean, and which which he even – did again, just like you just said, he didn't want to be the coach. He resigned last year for for, for several reasons. Right. So, so for me to say like this year or last year would have ended any differently. Actually, I think this year probably would have, would have been back for all the reasons why Paul Maurice resigned, which we've talked about several times, wasn't getting what he wanted from the players, couldn't push the buttons anymore, all that sort of thing. So I'm not suggesting that, Hey, if the Winnipeg Jets would have kept Paul Maurice around or he would have stuck around, the team would have been better this year. I'm not saying that, but what's happening in Florida with the Panthers and this playoff run, does it prove that Paul Maurice was not an issue with this team and his obvious feud with player, like, you know, obvious, maybe that's a little bit too strong of a word, but it's definitely been suggested by Mark Shifley several times, particularly when they were playing teams like the Panthers. He alluded to something like that. I don't think I'm going off list. I won't uh, lie to you. This feels pretty good. This yeah. one random regular season win. Yeah. That I won't lie to you. This one feels pretty good. That's a good win in my books. Um, Maybe that was about the same things that Rick Bonus spoke about after game five in Vegas and after San Jose and several times afterwards about not getting enough from not getting enough. Again, this is the phrase of the summer pushback from players. But does does this in, entail while I, I, I don't think that, you know, Paul Maurice would have got a different result from this season. Does it vindicate him in the sense that he wasn't the as many people circled him several times as the biggest problem with his team? that this was a player-based issue and not coming from the head coach. So, and I agree with you on your assessment if he was still here. So it was time to move on. 100%. He knew it just as much as anybody else because he's the one who ended it. Yeah, yeah. But here's what I will say. Like, he's right. Um, Coaches have a shelf life. But this is what I derive from this. So um, they asked him today prior to the morning skate about how, you know, how you got to this point, or I don't know what the question was. I just saw the answer. Yeah. His direct quote was, "Play your ass off and see what happens." Mm-hmm. I mean, we try to we we often overcomplicate things and blah blah blah. Like, I mean, take that quote of what he said about his Florida Panthers: "Play your arse off." Pardon my language, but that was the quote, and see what happens. Yeah, play your butt off and see what happens. Like X's and O's, this and that, injuries here and there, yeah. failure, blah blah blah. blah. Just play hard, night in, night out. Some nights you're going to have it, some nights you don't, but just play as hard as you can, night in, night out. It's the playoffs and see what happens. So I, I don't think he'd be here either. I don't think he, I think you're right. I think if yeah. he was, they would have been worse. Yeah. But he's not a bad coach. And I've heard for years while he was here, his all time losing record. Yeah, the record. And, and his all time winning record is by luck. <laughs> but his all-time lo- or by longevity, he yeah. has that many wins because of his longevity. But that many losses has nothing to do with I, his longevity. I never longevity. understood that because well, why why does he have longevity then? 
I've, like if he was that so poor much, of a coach, why would he have been stuck? Why have so many teams stuck it out with him? I've heard this so much over the years that I've looked up the rosters that he had on losing seasons, and everybody should. Because I don't think Scotty Bowman could get winning records out of some of those. <laughs> and I'm not defending his losing records. Yeah. And I, I'm a big believer in, you know, the Daryl Sutter that went to the LA Kings was not the Daryl Sutter that left the Calgary Flames. And he himself, when I talk to him, he's like, you evolve. Now, he hasn't evolved because it cost him his job again in certain aspects of it. But the game changes, you change as a coach, the same as everything. So um, I, I just... Again, I've heard for years he was the problem. I heard for years that he's such a bad coach and his all-time losing record. Nothing about his all-time winning record. Mm -hmm. And the idea that this longevity and he... This is the other thing I heard all the time. He's He had his way of talking after games and not addressing it. Yeah, he had phenomenal quotes like, play your arse off and see what happens. Yeah. He, he spoke eloquently. There's no question about that. But if you listen to what he was saying, he often directly hit on things. Now, he's different than Bonus. Because instead of saying you got to look in the mirror and have some pride, Mm -hmm. he says, I think they'll build a statue of him out there and leaves it hanging to not adding the point. If you learn how to play 200 foot hockey, Mm -hmm. you could be a Steve Iserman for this organization, but he doesn't do it in the way of I'm disgusted or, or there's been no pushback. He doesn't say it like that. But if you listen to what he's saying, he's saying the exact same thing, but he's a player's coach. So he's saying it more eloquently. I remember, yeah, I remember times, Jim, when, when we would get some text messages from, from some listeners saying, Oh, why didn't he, why didn't Paul Maurice go after this? Why didn't he go after that? Why didn't he say this? And I remember we went back and we played clips from him saying exactly what uh, that listener was asking Paul Maurice to do, but he just said it in a way um, that uh, I've he, done the same yeah. thing. He goes, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't address this. He doesn't address yeah. that. And I'll play three clips where he's yeah. addressing. It was it. like three, play three or four clips. It was like, what, what was this? He said that exact, you have to listen to what he's saying. He's not just going to hand it over to you, because he's, he's a storyteller, right? Well, exactly. So when he's he answers good, something, he has a, right. hand it over. but anyway, we don't have to go on and on and on yeah, about yeah. this, but I just, I find it funny how the more success he's had in Florida and look, they weren't good for four months of the season. no, but here's what they went and did, Cam. They were moping around because they lost Hubert or they lost Uyghur, big players in the team. And I think they were still struggling to find sort of their game without those Ekblad big pieces Ekblad got there. hurt again early yes. on in the season. Yeah. Barkov was without his, his he was running injured. mate. He was in and out. Barkov he was, was in and out, but, too. But here's the thing. I, a friend of mine, Kevin, o, Kevin, o, Kevin Oshesky, everybody knows him, said the minute they made that trade with Calgary, he texted me and he said they went and got the guy to beat Tampa Bay, i.e., you have your your Lynn, or sorry, not your Lynn. You have your your Huberdos and whoever yeah. you have. They can all score a lot of points. They don't have somebody who will get down and dirty and get past Tampa Bay. Now they didn't face Tampa Bay, but they mm. faced Boston. Yeah, and Matthew Tuchuk is what they went and traded for, and they I think oh they paid the price. Like I thought Calgary, I still believe Calgary won that trade, mm-hmm. which seems ridiculous now that we know what we know. Yeah. But in the long run, they got the more players for it. They got another center who's yet to make the NHL out of this deal. But could Florida have paid enough when you look at what Tuchuk has done for this team? Bill in St. James, Texas Show, 204-780-6868. Your thoughts, Jets and the, and the special second-place NHL draft lottery where they p- picked uh, Patrick Laine. Would we have been better off not winning as we would have taken Kachuk? Well, this is a debate I've heard for years. Nev- is who you- would you rather have, even when Line a was here, is Line a or Tachuk? Well, I think that... Well, I think if you look at it now, I think it's pretty obvious. I'll tell you why. Take. 
every team needs. You don't have to have the skill to Chuck, but you need. So my point to this is on the weekend, and I was on the with the illegal curve talking hockey and the Jets with these guys. At the end of the day, I think the word. I was listening. You sounded adequate. Oh, thank you. I think the word <laughs> mature comes into this this core, and that's what I, the yeah. word I was searching for on Saturday when we were revisiting the exit meetings. Uh-huh. And I said, I have no problem if you don't like the way the coach said disgusted. What I have more of a problem with now that some time has passed and I've thought about it is the lack of accountability after that. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way he spoke. I thought he should have kept it in-house. Now we have to answer questions about it. I thought, like Wheeler said, he made a mistake, but nobody's perfect and we can move on from this, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah. But then what? Like, I want to hear some maturity of it's on us. And once again, we failed. And and so that's what I think of when I go back to when they, the Jets beat Florida and Mark Scheifele spoke, yeah. this one feels pretty good, this one this. Fine, if that's how you feel. I like, But there has to come with this course of maturity. Mm-hmm. Some, some, and I just, I think that that's the word I've been searching for since the season ended. The maturity to go, I don't give a crap what our coach said. I don't give a crap that he embarrassed us. I don't, what I give a crap about is for the fifth year in a row, we end up disappointed and underachieving. Mm -hmm. And I think that that comes with maturity and I don't think they have it. 204-780-6868. Perry text the show. We'll go to break here. Uh, Hey, guys, go pull Maurice Go. That one from Perry. Chris Jawa says uh, Maurice was not the problem. Uh, Neil says people get off Maurice's back. He's gone. Players quit on him. That one from uh, Neil. And John from North uh, Kildonan says, hi, guys. This Jets core leadership are like hockey vampires. They drain the life out of coaches. Kachuk said Paul Maurice made him a much better player. Who's leading Florida in these playoffs? Now Rick Bonus doesn't know uh, uh, doesn't know anything according to uh, the likes of some of the players on the team. Case closed. That from John in Paul Maurice North said Carolina. a month ago he turned the team over to the bench and he just opens the gate and put the lines together. Now he's just happy. And to- the players themselves took over again. That's another. I'm just happy Wouldn't to be you a love part to see some team. players take over and go? We'll be the difference. You know they're out there. They're just playing their best. Uh, you know they're big. They're strong. Just, I'm just proud to be a part of these when guys. When all this is over, these gentlemen, and you and I get an apartment together, <laughs> we'll put a list of our best Paul Maurice quotes. All right, we'll be right back. More to come. Bonus has some great and quotes. And to always got some good ones. Different, but they're good. We'll be right back after 12. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Right now, 11 degrees at 680 CJOB. Let's get you back over to a couple of fine gentlemen right over there. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, sir. Top Skylar of the day Peters, to you. Wow. What do you know? What do you say? Tip my hat to you. Tip of my cap. My, my poor boy reporter hat right here. I tip it to you. Uh-huh. I tip it. I tip it. <laughs> I tip to you. Tip it. Toth does have a, a classy hat. Thank you. I, I need something like that. For All my, I do is wear ball caps around here. We so. were uh, talking about the um, the Florida Panthers, uh, Brandon Montour. Yeah. Of course, a member of that team. Uh, he he was does a part play of, for the Florida Panthers. Yes, he does. And he was a part of a, a tournament that you and Kelly Moore and Christian O'Mellard are uh, yeah. taking part in. The National Aboriginal Hockey Championships kicked off uh, this morning. It's at Seven Oaks. Mm-hmm. Goes all week until uh, Saturday afternoon. Some of the best under-18 uh, Indigenous talent in the country is uh, all there. I think Manitoba had a pretty dominant win this morning. 
uh, early on. So they're one and zero. I do know that uh, they were up seven nothing at one point in like the second period. So uh, it's great. It's great hockey action. Young stars. There's. Uh, I was saying to you, Cam. There's some players with uh, WHL uh, draft potential. Uh, a couple of players on Team Manitoba have their rights. Michael Furlan is the head coach of the and, Manitoba uh, men's team. And the fur daddy is behind the bench. The fur, the fur daddy. daddy. <laughs> By the way, Brandon Montour was another proud member of the Hungarian Hammers fantasy team that once again underachieved this year. Hmm. Wow. Not, not, to, not to his fault, though. He was spectacular. <laughs> once again. He drafted himself? Once again. No, I... I drafted him. Yeah, you just. Oh, you're. Oh, I see what you mean. I Toth see Management. You mean. I thought you were in a league with Brandon Toth. Montour. Toth Management Inc., <laughs> which is not unlike Cremerica Industries, <laughs> a man in a one bedroom condo, which may or may not contain chicken wire. Yeah. yeah. I'm not in the condo. <laughs> I got a great place. And when I'm, I'm probably because I have to vacuum it all the time is why I. Yeah, well, you got that hair. Sure. I mean, yeah. look at, look but at the golden surprise. rule of radio is nobody cares about your fantasy team, so never talk about it. Yeah, or your beer league team. I once, yeah, that's that's true, to give, yeah. once tried to give my beer league team a shout out uh, about this time last year, Jim Toth, and you absolutely nobody shot cares. Me down. Nobody cares about your beer was league this, team was but this, you. Was this following the minus four game? Yeah, when he's just coughing pucks up the boards. Yeah, I think they lost five nothing, and Peters was minus four. Oh, but yeah, he but bounced he, back the next game and played eighty eight minutes. Eighty eight <laughs> minutes. This kid <laughs> in a, a thirty six minute game. And when it was wow. over, he said, "I wish I played ninety. We uh. We won that game 6-1 with six guys. Never lost another game and took home the Division 7 championship. Turning point. That's what we call a turning that, point in the season. The it minus was. four was a turn. Minus four was the best thing that ever happened to you and that team. Well, I was like plus three that game, but yeah. And uh, our friends at uh, a certain Winnipeg brewery gave us two kegs of beer that have yet to be indulged upon. So you know what it's all about? It's, about? it's not about what happens on the ice. It's about how you respond. Yes. Yeah, we got a good group of guys in that room, right? Like a bunch of pros. So. Wow, yeah. Big yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, out hey, check out the uh, uh, Skyler's going to be doing some play by play for those guys. National Aboriginal, we Jeff Spencer is the night. chair. So yeah, yeah, he's the chair. Time. He was on with us uh, on on Friday, so you go check that out at Seven Oaks Sportsplex. Lots of fun. They were tweeting us out today. Thanks, Skyler. Happy to happy to give him a little bit of a plug. Great uh, event. Yeah, absolutely. On the phone right now to talk a little bit of blue and gold. We got Ed Tate, senior writer and reporter with the Winnipeg Football Club. Hey, Ed, how you doing? Really good, guys. After listening to that conversation, I'm tempted to ask for more information about the Hungarian Hammers. <laughs> Eddie, we won a championship years ago. Okay. And they've been I hanging think, on. I think it since. was a year that I, I um, not through my own decision, freelanced, and I had nothing but time to go online every day for three hours and research. Mm. Okay. And I won a Stanley Cup. Eddie, with the Hungarian Hammers franchise. Wow. And we have yet to return to that glory. I'm so and impressed. That's, and that's the first item on your resume, right? That is, yeah. Stanley Cup yeah, Championship. So what got you the 2016 job. Hungarian Hammers Fantasy League. And then I was reminded, that's great on your resume, but the last thing people want to hear on the radio is you talk about your fantasy team. <laughs> so, uh, how are you doing, Ed? How are you feeling about this this training camp this year? Uh, it's getting pretty exciting. The uh, you know the transaction wire has been heating up the last couple of days with all these players that have been added before camp and rookies are on the field Wednesday. And I mean, I, after all these years, still get pretty excited about that. And um, I mean, this is a really good football team still. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Rookies Wednesday, then the, all the vets and everybody on Sunday for the first practice at the IG Field. It's going to be fun. Yeah, talking to fans and everybody, uh, and Ed, and we'll get to uh, uh, sort of uh, you know an interesting uh, addition to the team here. We'll, we'll talk about uh, Michael mm-hmm. Shea's son getting picked up here. 
Um, but it, it seemed to me talking to fans and, and, and some members of my family uh, that Sergio Castillo coming back to this to this team, and of course he's five for five in the Grey Cup, instrumental in the twenty twenty one Grey Cup. It seems like it, it was that sort of last sort of piece to the puzzle uh, to really really put together what is an outstanding team um, that I, I think everybody should be excited about. Yeah, it's interesting. Even before uh, Sergio became available because Edmonton cut him last week, which was a strange move, the Bombers had signed a couple of kickers that you know I was pretty excited to keep an eye on, and Chandler Staten, Mark Orozco, both guys, both American guys who you know had decent credentials, signed a couple of punters, drafted a couple of punters in the global draft. So that was going to be a real juicy competition when training camp started. But um, now that you've added Sergio Castillo, uh, it becomes even that much more compelling. It, it, it does look like the missing piece a little bit. And, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens now. It's the, the, the competition just got that much more heated at that position. And it would be interesting to see what they do, whether they have a kicker and a punter or try to get one guy to do uh, both chores. What other positions are you sort of keen on, Ed? Uh, it's a good question. There's so much uh, continuity from last year, uh, Jim. I, you know, the, the receiving core looks really good with Kenny Lawler now being added to that mix. The secondary was, a, you know, all over the place last year because of injuries, and a guy like Desmond Lawrence came in at the end of last year. Keeping an eye on that because, it, you know, continuity will be important there. Um, you know, if you want to keep going through it, the, the old line is really steady, even though Michael Couture left for the BC Lions in free agency. Uh, you know, you got a solid quarterback. What do they do behind Zach Caleros? You've got Drew Brown, but I know that uh, they're tempted to find another quarterback that can run that that third down package like Dakota Prukop and Chris Trevor did before him. So there's still, even though there's a lot of continuity, there's still going to be some, some storylines to track during the next few weeks. You know, to me, the offense, looking at it, at it Ed, I, I can pretty much pencil in every position, the offensive line, receivers, uh, of course, quarterback and, and all that. But the, the defense, I see a few spots here that could that I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to shake up in camp. And that's a defensive tackle and, and perhaps on at, at halfback. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a good point. I've forgotten yeah. that Casey Sales has left for, yeah. for Hamilton and free agency. So that leaves a spot at the defensive tackle. Um, Ricky Walker got some snaps there last year. He would be the front runner. They signed a bunch of guys, drafted a couple of guys in uh, in, the, in the Canadian draft last week, including Colin Cornelson from the University of Manitoba. So they've got Canadian depth there behind Jake Thomas and, and Cam Lawson. And then, you know, you want people that can give Jackson, Jeffcoat, and Willie Jefferson a breather. So there's a lot of candidates at defensive end, too. So that's the D-line is a, it's a good point. That's a, a good area to keep an eye on because there could be some change there, too. Uh, Cam was mentioning it, but Michael Shayson is uh, coming mm-hmm. in on a tryout, and um, I thought that's a very interesting story. I also the the I guess I know Michael Shea a little bit. I thought he might raise an eyebrow to this and wonder if it's a a good idea or not. But realistically, um, giving him an opportunity to show what he can do, because I don't know how many receivers could come in here and make this team this year, given the receiver core they have. You know, it's a good point. There's a you know, it it's a kind of a touchy one or an interesting one, right? Because it's the coach's son. But if you look at his credentials, they're really solid. And they are. And all can all Canadian the last two years at, at the, with the Okanagan mm-hmm. son. And a lot of this is just about making sure you have enough bodies in training camp, right? People go down. It, it's a, it's grueling. And, uh, and, and Michael deserves a shot, I guess, because of the, 
just for the numbers game, right? You, you need to have a ton of guys there. And they haven't got a lot of Canadians, to be honest, after Nick Dempsey, Drew Olatarski, Brennan O'Leary Orange, they drafted Jeremy Murphy from, from Concordia. So, um, and that's it. So, you know, you'd like to have some more depth there and he's going to get a good look in training camp because he can return kicks too. Number one thing though, Ed, I mean, they got to stay healthy. They got to stay healthy. Yep. They got the team. It's there, but that's the number one thing you got to underline six times. Absolutely. And that's with everybody, right? Yeah. Every team across the league, every position, you know, you, you, you know, you, you, that's what you worry about is, is can you survive? Can you get through it? Okay. And the bombers have, you know, last year you look at all those Achilles injuries they had, and they still went 15 and three, Nick Taylor, Kyrie Wilson, Deidre Hansen, uh, you know, Mercy Masson and camp all went down with Achilles injuries. Um, you know, those, those are devastating and yet they kept cruising along and that's why the depth so important. So, we can say that we can write guys in on ink and on our depth chart and say that this guy's going to start here, but often it's the guys that pop up in training camp that, uh, that, um, you know, get a job later on, unfortunately, because of injury. So depth's going to be massive for this team and every team in the league. One of the great quotes I've ever heard in all of sports was Mike O'Shea last year after they lost the Grey Cup, and, and he said, I would, I would vent, I, I, I'm paraphrasing, so I don't want to say how much he emphasized it. But it was guys will remember this loss a lot more than they'll remember those mm-hmm. two wins, and and so I know that he's a sort of week to week guy, new season. I think the players are the same as well. But how much will that fuel this this core Ed in training camp and then into the season? Because it's kind of a boring boring. Uh, I mean, training camp is always exciting in the start of the season, but it's kind of boring. Like they're running it back, and and rightfully so. They're a very 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 good Canadian Football League team. But that quote stands out to me as training camp starts, and I wonder how much last year, the way it ended, will fuel some of the, this core of this team. Yeah, you know, it's a, a real interesting question, Jim, because I think it's almost an individual basis, right? Yeah, you know, talked to a few of the guys over the winter here, and that subject came up an awful lot, and some guys just shelved it. Uh, some guys probably watched the tape of the game, you know, once a week as fuel. Uh, and so it, it's a case-by-case individual basis on how you handle it. Do you do you flush it because it's a nasty memory? Do you use it when you're lifting and running to, to get better and, and use it as anger? Uh, that's all. It, it, that would be very interesting to watch again this year, how guys handle that. But at the same time, you kind of have to flush it too, right? It's, it's, right. it's gone now, and, and you got to get ready for 2023 um, I would think that's more of a, an off-season motivational thing than maybe something that you should carry into this year because then maybe it's not uh, you know emotionally healthy to be wearing those scars well into this season too. Ed Tate, senior writer and reporter with the Winnipeg Football Club. He's going to be uh, for sure down there on Wednesday when rookie camp gets going and then uh, when the real deal gets going on Sunday, the 14th main camp opening up for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, Ed Tate, thanks a lot, Ed. You take care, okay? Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have a good day. Thanks, Ed. You too. It's going to be an exciting season. I'm, I'm really amped up for it. I'm really excited about and, it. And are you on board? Like, I, I, I don't know anybody who is not happy, even around the CFL, when I talk yeah. to some people that, like, the Bombers should run it back. Like, they of are outstanding. Everybody's now sort of looking at the Bombers going, I wonder when Willie and, and Big Hill and all them will, and Claris will be too old. Yeah. But none of them think it's this year. No, no, it's not going to be and, this and year. So it's there's just not a lot of storylines other than the fact of, I, I wonder how this training camp will go because it kind of will drag on, right? It'll be, I think, a lot of Bomber yeah. fans, and let us know at 780-6868, we'll just be like, just be healthy and start the season. I just think if you play that game against the Argonauts, you play it four more times, the Bombers are going to win four of those. 
I, I they do, just look. I, like, I, they just it was just everything. I hate saying this. It was on the. It was on them. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dance around it. I think it was the coaching staff, and I think it was the players. Yes, there I do was. Too. It was. It was an all around team loss that game. I. Uh, I hate to say it because a, a team wins a championship. I don't like discrediting them. Yeah. But I. I think the Bombers more lost that game without a doubt than Toronto went and won it. And I saw Andrew Harris about a, a couple of weeks ago, and we had a great chat. He was telling me he's going to come back and play, yeah. which is public knowledge now. Um, and he said he's going to give it one more year. And I'm like, how does that? He goes, ah, oh, it felt great and stuff like that. And, and you know, we we played hard. We He mentioned, I think, peaked at the right game. Yeah. Or at the right time, playoffs, and then that. Um, so, like, I hate discrediting the Argos, but I really think that, like, a lot of guys, that Claris did not have his best game by far. Yeah. I thought, I agree with you, and I don't want to keep harping on it because the coaching staff does a phenomenal job, but they can have bad games too. I thought some of the offensive play calling by Bach was a little off. Yep. Or didn't transition quick enough. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of the old line usually plays better than that. So I, I do. I, I think that that will. But Ed made a fantastic point with all the players we've talked to, too, over the offseason that just some use it, some don't. Some moved on right away. Others, I took a month and then I moved on. Like, it just, it's individual, right? But I, yeah. I, I think the way Coach O'Shea coaches his team, it's a new day, new dawn, and a new goal. Absolutely. Uh, of course, uh, rookie camp's going to get going on Wednesday. Really excited about that. The CFL season closing in and getting ready to kick off. On the other side of sports, we're going to talk about two quick subjects. Uh, a certain Winnipeg Jet says he wishes to retire as a member of the team. Uh, not on the roster anymore. I'll tell you who that is as well. Uh, there's a little thing called the NHL draft. Who deserves to be uh, allowed or given the opportunity, the right to pick Connor Bedard first overall. Deserves we'll get... got nothing to do with it. That's what I saw. I saw that on William, Twitter today. William Money, Unforgiven. Which, that's a great movie. It said, which team deserves to draft him? I said, these teams all stunk out loud. None of them deserve you to draft him in my mind. Say, somebody asked, well, Kathy Kennedy, when I was on with her, asked me who should get it. And I thought, I wonder what Cam thinks if he goes and plays with Trevor Segris. Isn't he your nemesis? Yeah, Trevor Zegers is my nemesis. Yeah, he is. Do you imagine if he goes there and Zegers is 50 goal scorer next year? I was talking to Skylar Peters. He's going to come and do the news again. He was on here at 12.30 at 1. And he said to me, and this was totally true, he said, Trevor Zegers is going to play for about six or seven teams in his career. And I 100% (laughs) agree with that. Showboat in the whole way. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Skylar Peters is our Trevor Zegers. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. In that weather, I said plus 11. I'm going to get an angry email from Greg Mackling and Brett McGarry because I said plus 11. You're not allowed to say plus 11? They just have a very, they don't like it. Why? What they, they make they like? sure everybody knows that they don't like it. What do they want, just so 11? They, they walk around, throw their weight around in the, in the morning. Is it's, I noticed it's that. It's horrible. A lot of time. And you say, get in your face. Did you just say plus yeah. in front of the number when you're reading the temperature? So you're just supposed to say 11, and then if you're it's just supposed to just say 11. According to them, you're supposed to say 11. Is that CP Styles? Like Canadian I, Press I am, Style writing? Yeah. I got to bring my brass knuckles to work tomorrow. That thing does like. I got to bring. See, last week I when I walked in, I said, good morning, everybody's like, coffee now. <laughs> okay. Jeez. I was going to get one anyway. Yeah. Take it easy, Greg. Yeah. yeah. That is your real name. Yeah. So, that anyways, I gotta walk. I'll have to be ready to defend myself tomorrow when I walk in. Plus uh, eleven. Now that's in my head. I'm gonna say it. All now you're gonna say it all yeah. in the afternoon. I don't know why I said it because I'm just like I'm not starting with those guys. I'm not gonna say it. And maybe that's why it's in my head now. Um, 
Uh, Connor Bedard. We're going to know who's going to be drafting first overall. I don't have a chance to draft Connor Bedard. Uh, top five teams include Anaheim at 25.5%, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets 13.5%, Chicago 11.5%, uh, San Jose 9.5%, and Montreal 85 Uh that's the question. I'll pose that to you. Uh, where do you want him to go and who deserves him? Which team deserves him? I don't think any of those teams is like a team that tanks horrendous. What? I don't think any of these teams tank, but a team that stinks. Um, I, I just, I, I, you know, but this is how this thing works. Wherever like, he goes, I think the Jets should pick up the phone and say, here is Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Shifley, and Ville Hainola for that first overall pick. And not a single team will answer that phone call. Not one of them will say, <laughs> not unless they both signed for another six years each at $5 million. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, somebody ran a simulator last night. I was telling you this in the newsroom, and Detroit moved up from eight to number one. Mm. Those are the stories I love. Yeah. And I don't love because Anaheim's horrific. Columbus is terrible. Chicago. But all those teams tanked, right? Not yeah. Columbus. Columbus didn't tank. They signed Goudreau and tried to do some they things. They tried but failed. But Anaheim, they, they I think, They had some tanked. bad injuries, too, right off the bat. Like, yeah. Anaheim's not tanking. They're just rebuilding. But Chicago purely, clearly tanked. Yeah. They traded off ridiculous players, and they sold off everybody else. Um, they would have moved Taves had he not been injured. So I, I don't know. Like I, There's something about Columbus because Bedard's teammate in, in Regina is that Czechoslovakian defenseman. I forget his name. But he was the number one pick last year. And they played against each other in the World Juniors in the gold medal final, and they had a hug after the end of it. If you have that kid coming in from Regina with uh, Rowinski, who's already there, and then you have Bedard coming in to play with – I saw Craig Button last night, and he said, he goes, I think if you put Bedard in between Johnny Goudreau and Line A, Line is a 50-goal scorer easily. Mm -hmm. And he says um, Goudreau's right back to being a 100-point player. So – but who do I, who do you wish for? I don't know. I know who I don't hope gets it. I hope it's not Montreal, and I hope it's not Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, maybe a team like Philadelphia. They'll Philadelphia blow would it. be great. They'll blow it, but like the Blues or the, you know it's a team that I don't know, think Jets fans want them in the Central. No, but I, but a team that you know tried 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 and true tried to go throughout the season. Yeah, and Washington stuff like would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, Brian Little was recently inducted into the Cambridge Sports Hall of Fame. We'll talk about this more tomorrow. Uh, but he said once his contract runs out with the Coyotes, he's another year. Uh, of course, uh, he's not going to play again, but it would be an honor to sign a one-day contract with Winnipeg to retire with the Jets. I think that's that from Brian Little. I think that happens, too. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. It's a great topic. And about what the Winnipeg Jets lost when they lost um, Brian Little in November 5th of 2019 when he uh, got that um, that issue with his eardrum. But we'll be right back. Hey, that's it for me. I'll be back uh, same time tomorrow. Jim Toth to take you all the way till 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forge, for producing the show. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.